Next on BYU Sports Nation, getting better at every single position group. Hey, we're not the ones saying it. The college football preseason magazine guru Phil Steele joins us. Why he thinks every position group will improve this season for Brigham. Take that, BYU football fans. Plus, piano moving, dunking in your 40s, and the one that got away. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Oh, it's so real. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who fully endorses Tom Imansky's Baseball Defensive Drills video, Jerem Jordan. Listen, uh, fundamentals are the fun, mental, duh part of baseball. We still need to make a spoof commercial a la Fred McGriff and Tommy Mansky, somehow surrounding BYU Sports Nation. We need to do this. It can work for you. Yes. Uh, fun fact, so we learned this and more on this in the World Cup date. Uh, sometimes it's good not to get a bunch of yellows. Because then you can advance. One of the tiebreakers is cards. Stay away from the yellow cards. Uh, We're going to tell you why Senegal got eliminated today because they had more cards. Yellow cards. (laughs) All the tiebreakers. I didn't know. Play nice, boys and and girls. And where does the drawing of lots show up in the tiebreakers in the World Cup? Play nice, boys and girls. We'll explain coming up. Also, why does Peyton Dastrup and the College World Series all of a sudden become a topic? Mm-hmm. We'll discuss that in Big Deal, No Deal. Mm-hmm. Loaded show. Phil Steele, college football guru, the man who produces what many people refer to as the college football preseason Bible. He will join us today. Why does he think BYU football will improve in every position group? Well, there's an obvious answer, and then there's not <laughs> an obvious answer. We'll go into that. Think about that. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Upon my study of the 2018 Phil Steele college football preview, and BYU specifically, I quickly noticed a trend in Phil's projections for position groups the Cougars will put on the field this season. Quarterbacks, much improved. Running backs, improved. Wide receivers, improved. Tight ends, improved. Offensive line, tougher. Defensive line, tougher. Linebackers, improved. Secondary, improved. Jerem, do you agree with Phil Steele that each BYU position group will improve this season? That's the hope coming off of last season. Uh, what group performed really well last year where you're like, nah, they're going to hold serve? I think that there could be improvement had in every position. Perhaps kicking is the one where it's going to show up the most. Skylar Southam is expected to be better than 13 of 19 this year, I think. Uh, With a long of 46. Red Almond, two for four in the 40 to 49 range, zero attempts of 50 plus. We hope that Skylar Southam can bring it and put BYU in a position to score a little more often. And when you play some close games, that matters. Like 17 of the last 22 against Utah decided by seven or less. What if BYU had made a couple field goals here and there and had a chance to make a field goal and then blocked everybody (laughs) to make said field goal? Maybe the offensive line is a weird one. BYU loses three starters, yet I think we all kind of feel pretty good about that group, that they're, they're going to have better depth, that they'll be well-coached with uh, not only the offensive coordinator, but Ryan Pugh, the O-line coach. Fewest starts back, according to Phil Steele, 39, since 2009 on the O-line. 
The 0-9-0 line, by the way, was one that lost a few starters, and that was a big question mark going into that game. Yet BYU beat Oklahoma with kind of a, a new O-line. So perhaps that one is not as logical, but I think we all feel like there's good depth there and good experience coming back. The offensive side of the ball will be better in every position group, and it's not going to be hard to be better because BYU lost nine games for the first time since 1955. You called it a nuclear disaster last year. In terms of BYU football, yeah. Real life, no. And and I think that's fair. I think that's fair. When you lose nine games and go two and four at home, it's all up from here. Now, what I like about the position group breakdown that, that Phil Steele has put together is, and this sets him apart from other guys that put together these magazines, he... And it's a fa- it's faceless in the other magazines, by the way. I can't tell you. Anything. Yeah, exactly. He stands behind it. He it's talks. His he talks with the coaches, and he gives you a rundown of who's going to be playing. He gives you a starting, a projected starting lineup. Yeah. Okay. So when I look at the starters he's put out there, I think, yeah, BYU should be better in every position group. They should return the experience that will produce better results. The big question for me is, how does that improvement translate to? Or how many more wins does that improvement translate to on the field? The most improvement we'll see of any group is the offensive coaching staff, in my opinion. Because last year was poor, and it, they're expected to be much improved. Yes, the BYU offense, the offensive line will look better because of the offensive structure. Like I th- Everything will get better because the offense is changing. And it's hard to quantify how good an offensive line is, really. Lost in the shuffle of BYU football media days, the fact that Dylan Colley's back at BYU, the youngest Colley brother. Back with the Cougars after his freshman season in 2012 and a few seasons at Hawaii. Now the grand transfer is a Cougar. What impact do you expect Dylan Colley to have on the offense this year? I said this a few days ago. I think the biggest impact we will see from Dylan Colley is early in the season because he will be the trusted, reliable go-to receiver in times of crisis in this tougher part of the schedule. He has great hands. He was successful on a bad team in Hawaii. You need a clutch third down catch. I think he's the guy. Early in the season, I think Dylan Colley, because he's the senior, and the quarterbacks know if I throw it to him, there's a good chance he's going to make a play for me. I think he's the guy. So that the impact, I'm not going to put a number of yards. But I, th- I think the ball will be spread around. But early in the season, I expect to hear Dylan Colley's name called a lot. Medical redshirt in 2012, so never actually really played here. Uh, got in a little bit. But 2015, 29 catches, 342 in it. In a touch. 2016, 33 catches, 322, and four touchdowns. So th- those those numbers don't pop out right as a redshirt freshman sophomore. But last year, 56 catches, 636 yards, four touchdowns, had 100 yards against BYU. I'm hoping that he has a 50, 505 year. 50 catches, 500 yards, five touchdowns. I think that would be quality production on this team. I wonder how he'll fit in and what role he'll play. I think his integration has been pretty early. He's been around for like a month unofficially, but he's around, right? Um, and now he's here. He was at Media Day. He's on the team. He's a college. Like, he's a BYU guy, and it's great to have him back. I'm with you. I think he has a big impact, and I think he meshes well with this group. Is he, is he the tallest guy that's going to catch a fade in the corner? Of the end? No, but he is shorthanded. He'll run crisp routes. He's a collie, dude. We trust that family of receivers. The first family of BYU receivers is the collies. Yeah, ask Wes Welker and Danny Amendola and Brandon Stokely if you need to be 6'4 and 215 pounds to make a play as a wide receiver. 
you can do damage in the slot. I think Dylan Colley's that guy early on. But BYU, I think, needs to ID who's going to be the game-breaking, deep, red zone guy, right? Is it Gunnar Romney? We hope it's Gunnar Romney. There's there's not a dude that's 6'5 in the receiving core, by the way. I, you don't have to have those guys, but it sure would be nice when you play five power fives and four on the road. My, how things have changed from just a few years ago in terms of the makeup of the BYU wide receiver core. When was Tanner Mangum the most successful? When he had 6'5 and 6'4 guys. kind of group, right? Yeah. So that's certainly a, a difference. Last night, the newest Oregon State Beaver basketball player, Peyton Dastrup, tweeted the following, and I quote, Never say die at Beaver Baseball. Let's get that natty tomorrow, boys. Tonight, Arkansas and Oregon State playing game three in Omaha for the right to raise the trophy. Hashtag go Beavs, he continues, to which Elijah Bryant replied, and I quote, boy, was a coog a few hours ago, end quote. <laughs> so, so is Elijah dynamic. Bryant. <laughs> yes, he was. Jerem, still, still a coog. They're both coog. Which athlete who transferred away from BYU do you wish would have stayed? I'm going with Ben Olsen. So in 2002, BYU's down 27 nothing at Utah State. I was in the Utah student state section as a BYU fan watching with some of my homies. Ben Olsen's on the sideline. BYU's not going to break a red shirt even though they're down 27 nothing at half. The Cougars come back and win that game, okay? Ben Olsen stays on the sideline. He ends up transferring to UCLA. Now, Ben Olsen did not have a flattering career at UCLA, but I just wonder what would have happened during the 02, 03, 04 seasons in which BYU had its apostasy uh, A.K. three losing seasons in a row. They fired Gary Croton after the 0-1-12-0 start, blah, blah, blah. I just wonder what would happen. He's the one for me where I'm like, what would the ginger have done for BYU football during those dark times? Could BYU have – could he have changed the trajectory of what happened with BYU, which actually changed for the better when Bronco Mendenhall came back? But would it have needed a restoration? Riddle me this. Has there been a top-rated – quarterback out of high school that has panned out according to expectations at BYU. Ben Olsen was one of those I would guys. say no. Tanner Mangum needs to have a stellar senior year to restore that. He's had two Hail Marys and he had the best freshman year BYU's ever had, but expectations were high. If you're Elite 11, we're not like yeah, 9-4 and four once. Going back, Brett it's, Engman was that guy. Get ranked. Ben Olsen. Jake Heaps. Tanner. I'm never going to say no to that guy though. Okay. I'm not, like, we all would, we all would have taken what's his bucket that went to Stanford last year. What was his name? I can't remember. We would have taken him. He went to Stanford, so I forgot. For me, the guy is on the basketball side, Matt Carlino, and you, Tanner McKee. You called this when it happened. You're like. You said, what if Matt Carlino transfers or something like that? And then the next day we found out that Matt Carlino was transferring. And we were like, what? I, I had an audible reaction when I, I was driving and I got an email. And, yeah, I looked. I admit it. We all do it, but we shouldn't. And I go, ha! He was kind of a divisive character. And I know that some BOA fans were frustrated with him. But I like the fact that he wasn't afraid to take the big shot and make the Good big player. shot. Good player. He's a great player. I think, And he only would have helped BYU. Get better on a team that went to the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, I wish Matt Carlino would have stayed for his final year at BYU. In the World Cup yesterday, South Korea, your South Korea, upset Germany, which ensured Mexico advanced to the knockout round. De Hanmin Guk! 
Mexican fans swarmed the South Korean embassy and a party ensued in Mexico City, I guess. So, Spencer, when it's not BYU, which other team are you all in on? Kimchi tacos for everyone. Uh, that was really funny. I, l- I love the uh, visual elements that were coming in on social media because of that. Okay, the other team that I am all in on, easy answer, Virginia football. Not Southern Virginia, BYU East. No, the Virginia Cavaliers. I'm all about Bronco Mendenhall and his staff succeeding at Virginia. We formed great relationships with those guys. They did so yeah. many good things for BYU. I appreciate what they mean to BYU football. And to Can see you play them the succeed, piano music right now? To see them succeed and get back to a bowl game last year, ironically, the year that BYU's <laughs> bowl streak ends, Virginia goes to a bowl game. How about that for a twist? I love Bronco Mendenhall. Love his staff. Kelly Papinga, Aww. Jason Beck, Robert and I. Love those guys. Really excited to see that program improve. So if, <laughs> if, if I'm not cheering for BYU, specific to college football, then I'm a Virginia fan. No, for sure. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I want those guys to succeed for sure. That's not the case with all four like BYU guys, right? Some of them leave and you're like, oh, Kyle Whittingham up at Utah? Uh, anyone who plays Utah... That's my team. Ah, Anyone yes. who plays Utah. Okay. I'm all in on the whole Pac-12, South, and the whole thing. Right now, it's Weber State. I'm all in on <laughs> Weber State. Jay Hill, do work, baby. Take care of business on August 30th. <laughs> I left that Mark Atawaya, too, for that Virginia staff. I'm always going to leave. There's, there's always gonna, somebody that's going to be left Mark, out, right? Kelly, Bronco, Dr. Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Vic, Matty Edwards, all those guys. Jason Beck. Great dudes. Did we get them all? Great dudes. Did we get them all? Yeah, after BYU, go Cavs, man. Question of the day, which BYU football position group, and Phil Steele thinks that all of them will improve, do you, BYU Sports Nation, expect to improve the most? you got to pinpoint one. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At T-Day 8 on Twitter. It has to be the offensive line. It all starts with them. With Grimes being a former offensive line coach, he will make sure they are the most improved. When the O-line improves, everyone else improves too. Amen. Quarterbacks have more time to make decisions and accurate throws. Running backs will have openings to run. The O-line's the mom. When mom's in a good mood, everyone's in a good mood at home. You know, look out. Bats falling. We all right? The ghosts of did Studio I, B. Did I say something about the O-line's not the mom? Like... They have awoken. They're the key to the house, right? Like when mom, when you come home and your wife's in a good mood, it's like, oh, everything's great. The offense will be better because it's a different offense. Then everyone's going to look better, and the defense will look better because they're not going to be on the field for 45 minutes a game. Yeah, that'll be good. Coming up, it's the final day of the World Cup group stage. The World Cup date's on the way and why the drawing of lots almost happened. Plus, fresh off the release of his 24th edition of his college football preview. Publisher, editor, Heisman voting committee member ESPN's Phil Steele on... Why he thinks BYU football will improve so drastically. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on Instagram, a.k.a. The Gram, for a behind-the-scenes look at the show. It is worth it. Follow BYU Sports Nation on Instagram. For our friends new to the program, BYU Sports Nation always simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio, and our conversation is always going on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Use the hashtag BYUSN whenever, however you would like to converse with us. 
And if you can, answer this question of the day. Which BYU football position group do you expect to improve the most this season? At B Royal Blue Coog tweets in, I absolutely expect the wide receivers to be the most improved. Okay. For me, they were easily the most underachieving group last year. And if consistent success is to return to this team this year, the offense will need to move, and wide receivers are the key to that. Yeah, BYU threw for sub 3,000 yards as a team, so for sure. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll read more of your responses later in the show. Just make sure you have your starting wide receivers in place in how many days? Countdown to the Wildcats. 65 days. BYU in Arizona. Kick off the college football season on September 1st in Tucson, Arizona. 65 days away. Dude, we're two months away in a couple of days. Two months, that's it? And essentially a month away from fall camp. Yes. It's happening. Fantastic. Yeah! The man who just released his 24th edition of his comprehensive college football preview, publisher, editor, Heisman voting committee member, and now full-timer with ESPN, Phil Steele, joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Phil, great to have you back on the show. Hey, a real pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys. How are you two doing today? Fantastic. Great, now that you're on. (laughs) Makes us feel that much closer to college football. Now, question, is there any day of the year that you don't study something about college football? Uh, It's tough to find a day. I don't know if that day exists. But I'll I'll be honest with you. There are some days, like Christmas Day, for for, uh, example, I might only work on football maybe an hour, hour and a half that day. (laughs) Okay. No days off. Bill Belichick loves that attitude, Phil. <laughs> and I love Bill Belichick. I love the job he does there. <laughs> What's your reaction to the makeup of the 2018 BYU schedule that has the likes of Arizona, Cal, Wisconsin, and Washington all in September? Yeah, it's a it's a pretty rough schedule. Uh, BYU usually pulls in some pretty rough schedules, but uh, you know this uh, an Arizona team that's uh, got Khalil Tate a quarterback really caught fire down the stretch last year. A Cal team that's much improved, I expect to be in a bowl game. And then the Badgers of Wisconsin simply have the number one rated offensive line in the country, Jonathan Taylor, a veteran quarterback. And BYU fans will remember the game last year when they came into Provo and won that thing 40-6. to That's going to be a pretty tough out there. A little bit of a break with McNeese, although McNeese a quality FCS team. And then Washington, and that's a team I'm expecting to make the playoffs. So it's it's a brutal September as I think BYU fans have pretty much grown accustomed to. Yeah, we're used to the tough Septembers, that's for sure. Uh, I sing When September Ends often by Green Day just to remind myself that there are other games. <laughs> Washington and Wisconsin, who's the better team in your opinion? Is it Washington who you think will make the playoff, you said? Uh, I've got the two almost dead even in the power pole. I know I don't have Wisconsin making the playoffs because they play a little bit of a tougher schedule. But as mentioned, with their offensive line, Jonathan Taylor, a veteran quarterback, one of the best defenses in the country, they are loaded. You look at Wisconsin's schedule this year, however. Last year on the road in Big Ten play, they took on four teams that had losing records. This year they've got to travel to face Iowa in Kinnick, Michigan in Ann Arbor, Northwestern on the road, Penn State in Happy Valley, and Purdue on the road. All five teams made it to a bowl last year. So I don't think they're going to match their 12-0 record, but that doesn't mean talent-wise they're not there with last year. And with Washington, I think it's Chris Peterson's best team he's put on the football field. Remember two years ago they made the playoffs 
as my number one surprise team. Well, this year they've got Jake Browning back. Browning went from 43 touchdown passes two years ago down to just 19 last year. I expect him to regain that 16 form. He's got Miles Gaskins to hand off to, a veteran offensive line, and nine starters back on the defense. So the best Washington team they put on the field under Peterson, including my number two set of defensive backs in the country, they're going to be a dangerous team, and I expect them to make the playoffs. Bill Steele with us on BYU Sports Nation. Both Jerem and I feel like six wins equals success for BYU coming off a shocking 4-9 and nine season last year. Just get back to a bowl game. In your opinion, what is an optimistic number of wins you can realistically conjure up for BYU this season? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned realistically because, uh, you know, if you're if you're one of those BYU fans, you got your blue-colored glasses on and you're really going, hey, we could do this, I would say your most optimistic level would be nine. But I'm not at that level. And, uh, you know, the Vegas total right now on BYU is five and a half, and I feel that's pretty fair. BYU is going to be a double-digit underdog in uh, five, four or five games this year. The four games for sure at Arizona, at Wisconsin, at Washington, and at Boise, close to double digits with at Utah. And then uh, you look at the rest of the schedule, i got a couple of key toss-up games in there. The Cal game, which I think is pivotal in Week 2. Yes. And then a very good Utah State team, October 5th. Don't look past the Aggies because remember when Matt Wells started out there. They The first two years under Matt Wells, they had experienced teams. They won nine games. They won ten games. The last three years, they've been rather inexperienced. Well, this year he's got 18 returning starters, might have his best team back yet. That is going to be a big, crucial Friday night game as well. And Utah State gets the advantage of coming in off a bye, while BYU will have just played Wisconsin and Washington in two of the previous three weeks and be coming off that brutal September. Phil, I put on our blue goggles, and I see nine wins for BYU. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. In a lot of your position breakdowns for BYU, which is excellent, by the way, um, you said that you expect most, if not all of them, to improve. Um, is that a product of being 4-9, and or do you see uh, improvement because these guys will be better? Uh, I think it, definitely because of what happened last year. I mean, the offense can only be improved. That was a, an abysmal offense for the most part, especially early on last year. Uh, so you have to figure most positions be improved. But going over the team with Coach Sataki this year, uh, I, I like the talent that they have in most of the positions. And, uh, you know, they, they're probably not going to have a one feature running back, but they'll go with a running back by committee. And I think they'll come up with a pretty good one with Katoa, Canada, Burt. Uh, et cetera. They've got, I think they're going to get vastly improved quarterback play. Tanner Mangum, I think, is a better fit for this offense than he was for last year's offense. Um, and then you look at the offensive line. They've got uh, a couple of good key starters back, which should be improvement. They add in the uh, transfer from Hawaii, a wide receiver, and Dylan Colley. Uh, offense can only be improved defensively. They look pretty stout up front of that defensive front seven. Phil Steele just released his 24th edition of the Comprehensive College Football Preview. He's a full-timer with ESPN now with us on BYU Sports Nation. Phil, again, let's go back to the bowl game conversation. We feel like BYU needs to get to a bowl game for it to be be a success, but improvement is a funny conversation because some fans say, well, hey, just win one more game. That technically means improvement, right? What qualifies for you as improvement for this BYU football program? 
Uh, it has to be a bowl game. I need to see BYU make a bowl this year. They're uh, too good of a program to be uh, getting five wins and considering an accomplishment. Uh, it's conceivable they get to a bowl game. I think they should get to a bowl game this year. So uh, I would I would put the the bottom floor of it if you're looking for uh, a good uh, decent season would have to be just making a bowl game would would have to be the bare minimum. BYU uh, returns the fifth most percentage of yards, uh, I believe, on offense. How much more improved do you expect that offense to be under whoever the quarterback is? We still don't know. Yeah, we we do not know who's going to win the job. I think Tanner Mangum has a, Mangum has a good chance of winning it. Uh, Zach Wilson could step in there and do it. But, uh, I mean, I don't know if Mangum was a good fit for the offense last year. I was talking to – uh, Trevor Maddich uh, all the time. At, he was my lunch buddy at ESPN when I was up there in Bristol, and uh, we were going over the BYU offense quite a bit. And he did not feel that uh, Mangum was a good fit for the offense that they had on the field last year. I think it'll be a better fit this year, much improved in that aspect. And, you know, let's face it, guys, when you're looking at 17 points per game, it can only be vastly improved this year. Phil, we know you take no days off, and so we certainly appreciate you taking some time with us on BYU Sports Nation. Where can people pick up a copy of your magazine? Well, they can get it at uh, all the major bookstores out there. It's at Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, CVS, Publix, Target, Walgreens, Walmart, and that's the best way to get it. And to get it early because they sell out so doggone quickly, 352 pages. It's When you pick it up, it's about twice the size of a normal magazine, and it's got three to four times the amount of information. And we give you the same amount of coverage on BYU that we do on Alabama, USC, two full pages, all the information, same spot on every page. Can't find it at the bookstores? You can go to the website, which is philsteel.com. That's S-T-E-E-L-E.com, philsteel.com. And if that's not enough, you have an FCS magazine and an NFL magazine coming back this year. Yeah, the NFL magazine coming back this year, that should be out uh, probably about three weeks or so. The FCS magazine, I'm going to give it one more shot, guys. Give it the old college try, as they say. (laughs) You know, if I sell a few hundred like I've been, uh, you know, I'm not going to take that bath anymore. But if we could get it up there and find there's an interest in the FCS, then uh, I'm not in it to make money. I just like to break even once in a while. I understand that. Phil, thanks so much. Great to talk to you as always. Hey, a lot of fun talking football with you guys today. As always. All righty. Big thanks to Phil Steele for joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He knows his stuff, man. Like, he's extremely thorough in his research and preparation. Like, I don't read that and go, ah, he's not connected. He's totally connected. And he's not looking at it from afar. He's talking to Trevor Maddich. He's talking to Kalani Satake. His lunch buddy is our Maddich Monday go-to. I want Trevor as a lunch buddy. I'm a little jealous of that. Yeah, that's uh, be fun. You know, benefits of being a full-time radio ESPN now, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, coming up, big deal or no deal involves BYU to the Big 12. Who put this in there? What? What is that? <laughs> what is this, 2016? <laughs> Plus, BYU volleyball head coach Sean Olmstead hires a new assistant. He's got a nice little trend of pushing guys to the very highest levels. So who's stepping in now? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation friends, welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio. National simulcast on BYU TV on demand anytime, anywhere. We just spoke with Phil Steele of ESPN, publisher, editor of the College Football Preseason Magazine to have great stuff. Uh, 
If you missed that conversation, download the podcast. You won't be disappointed. We now present some of today's top BYUSN stories. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Yesterday, men's volleyball at BYU announced the hiring of Micah Naone as an assistant coach. Naone was a volunteer assistant for the Cougars last season. The new hire feels one of two assistant coach positions left vacant by the likes of Lucas Slabe, now an assistant for the U.S. women's national team, and Jalen Reyes, who stepped up and left for an assistant coaching job with the University of Nebraska women's program, one of the top women's programs in the country. Zach Blair, oh, oh by the way, Michael will join us tomorrow. Uh, Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays tee off today at the Quicken Loans National, a.k.a. the LeBron Challenge in uh, Potomac, Maryland. Summerhays aims to end a streak of three consecutive missed cuts while Blair looks to place in a third straight PGA event when he tees off at one forty foe after Summerhays tees off, tees off at 12.44 Eastern time. Good luck to the guys on the PGA. Colton Shaver in single-A baseball, two for three with a walk in a Quad City River Bandits 6-3 to three win over the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. They're not just the Timbers or the Rattlers. They're the Timber Rattlers. Is that a thing? Are there snakes I, that live in trees? That is terrifying. I got a guy in Wisconsin. I'll text him. I is got there a, a rattlesnake guy. that lives in a tree? That is absolutely terrifying. What's a Wisconsin Rattler? Shaver scored text two him. times in the contest, by the way, and broke out of an 0-for-16 slump over the last four games. So good to see Colton get back on track. Let's do it! Get back to our World Cup date. And it is highlighted by yellow cards. We'll get I love the, the band yellow cards. The details of this in just a second. Final day of group play with Group H and Group G finishing up their matches. Senegal and Colombia faced off this morning. Colombia, 1-0 win. Huge for that country. Poland beat Japan 1-0 as well. However, Japan advances to the knockout round over Senegal. Mm. Due to having less yellow cards. That's the fourth tiebreaker. It goes points, goal differential, goals scored, and then yellows. And then, you know what the fifth tiebreaker is? The Flip dr- a coin! The drawing of lots. It went Sorry, what? all the way to yellow cards. I and ain't getting those brass plates. You're getting them. If that is tied, then you flip a coin to see who moves on to the elimination round. Or is it physically the drawing of lots? There's a guy holding some straw, and he holds them up, and there's you a short the one. short straw. How awful would that be to have your World Cup run come to an end because you pulled the short straw? Terrible. Also, what do we learn about yellow cards? Be nice, boys and girls. Be nice. Play fair. Or don't have a ref that's a tool. Well, that just hands out some yellow. The final matches of group play start at 2 p.m. Eastern with England facing Belgium. Both teams have already punched their ticket to the round of 16. I think Belgium's won like 21 straight matches. Something crazy like that. That is crazy. Or they've gone unbeaten in that many. Great, great waffles. They got a nice run going. Panama and Tunisia will also play at 2 p.m. Eastern. For the third World Cup in a row, the reigning champion did not advance to the round of 16. The German German machine is gonzo. They lost 2-0 to South Korea. Das ist not good. And Mexico advances after losing 3 to nothing to Sweden. The three advances. The tweet well of the day on the well World done. Cup front yesterday came from Fox Sports Brazil. <laughs> like the whole thing just filled up. After Germany lost to South Korea and did not advance. Unless you win the World Cup, yeah. Careful with that. Careful I know, with that that's bad job. karma. 
Freezing cold Texas is all over that, that one. troll job. Yeah, I want my oh, the Brazil to win. For those wondering about our team, Croatia, they're the number one seed in their bracket. We'll face Denmark this Sunday at 2 Eastern. Beat the Danes! Brazil did advance, by the way, yesterday. Who was the other team? Switzerland? Did Switzerland to move okay. on in their group. Yeah. yeah. Round very of 16 exciting. starts on Saturday. The World Cup is so fun. It's very fun. And it only gets better. Like, Mexico, I think, is going to play Brazil that, in I, the round of 16. Uh, that's an amazing match. I have emotional ties to both of those. My mom's from Mexico. <laughs> and I went to Brazil on my mission trip. What do I do? Which position group's the most improved for Team Brazil, Jerem? The midfield's been greatly improved yeah. in this World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. With Neymar. What do you call them again? What's the Brazilian nickname for the your The selection. Ocelação. Ocelação. Or Ocelação. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's male. See, for Korean, it's just, like, Team Korean, it's just the Reds. They're, they're the Reds. They're the Reds because yeah. they wear red. Yeah. 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 There you go. All right. Back to social media now for our wait, question of the wait, day. Oh, oh, we have wait. something. We have something. We've been given information. Timber Rattler. That there is a timber rattlesnake. It's very venomous, highly dangerous to people and their pets. Its fangs are long enough to penetrate clothing and most boots. If you think one of these snakes has bitten someone, seek medical help immediately. But doesn't live in trees, okay? Uh, 5 to 17 years old. Life expectancy, 20 years? 20 20 human years? 36. Yeah, what are the years would it be? 36 to 54 inches, max 74. So what, three to five or six feet? Yeah, what is it with The timber Wisconsin? rattlers, dude, that's what the thing. It, what is they, it with they're Wisconsin? an endangered animal in Ohio. What is it with Wisconsin picking like the most ferocious animals? Badger. The badger is like the most timber rattler. ferocious mammal, I believe. And then timber rattlers? Like, is this a state thing? Typical foods. Small to moderate-sized rodents, <laughs> including squirrels, mice, shrews. And chipmunks, small to moderate-sized birds. I don't know why I'm yelling, because I'm scared. Sometimes other snakes and amphibians. Wait, guys, I gotta hang on. I gotta call time out here. Whoa, Spencer. Yes, a badger is the most ferocious mammal. A honey badger. Yeah, honey uh, badger. Yeah, it honey is. badger. It is. Tyron Matthew, dude. That and the wolf, like there's, there's like this debate on wolverines and badgers, like which is the most ferocious mammal. I'm sorry, my mind's going tigers, lions, and bears. Here. Right. It, that's but the what about reaction. a buckeye or a nittany lion? A Somebody, buckeye is a nut. Or a boiler maker. <laughs> Those uh, are a, scary. A glorified plumber. <laughs> <laughs> Mascot battle on BYU Sports You've Nation. You've offended a portion of Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> we're, hu- we're huge in where, where is Purdue again? When Ben Bagley interjects uh, on the phone. Well, I don't you know, know if it's on the air or just in my ear. You I'm know like, it's a big is deal. It's on the air. You know it's a big deal. The Boilermakers are in. Oh, oh where is it? Man. Oh, I got it. Oh, I'm, I can't think of West Lafayette. There you go, yeah. West Lafayette, Indiana. I bet. I bet. Might be. It's all about those trains. Choo 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 boogie. Okay, now to the question of the day. The Timber Rattler. <laughs> What's the scariest mascot on BYU's schedule? <laughs> that should really be the. <laughs> is it a wildcat? A golden bear? A badger, a uh, uh, Heath Troyer, a husky, Aggie, definitely not that, a rainbow warrior, a husky, another one, a bronco, a Minuteman, an Aggie. How many Aggies are there? Or a ute? Well, the utes are a bird, right? It's swoop. 
The Utes are a people. What are you talking about? I know, about? but Swoop is their mascot. You said mascot. Yes, Utes. <laughs> I didn't say Swoop. <laughs> swoop, there it is. Can we do the question of the day? That is the new question can we of the do, day. Can we do it? Since I've tried to go it's to it like 17 a, times It's got to be segment. a badger. Good gravy. It's been once or twice. Hey, roll the voice of the nation, please, badger. so we have to it's, start it. This is the voice of the nation. On BYU Sports Nation. Which BYU football position group do you expect to improve the most this season? The mascot. Stop it. No, Cosmos legit. At ML Keck on Instagram. I hope it's the receivers. Okay, second submission on social media and for receivers. I miss the big explosive plays of the past. Potential is there with returners and new players. Top of mind, what's the biggest pass play BYU had last year? Was it to Micah Simon against Wisconsin in a 40-6 loss? Was that the longest pass play that BYU put together last year? Probably. Please tell me no. I think it went for like 50 yards. Yeah. Oh, goodness. BYU didn't have a lot of plays that were 50-plus. K.J. Hall had a run. I remember that. Coming up, more compelling responses from the voice of the nation. Uh, Do those involve mascots that BYU matches up against? It's clearly the bad. Plus, big deal, no deal. Former Cougar great and NFL linebacker Brady Papinga still dunking in his 40s. Is this workout done? Now he's done. Now he's done. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. (laughs) BYU Sports Nation's on demand if you miss the show live. Compelling conversations like what's the deadliest mammal? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Download the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or access it on the BYU Radio app or on BYURadio.org. We just spent time during the break looking up the deadliest mammals. Did we figure out the answer? The eight it? meanest animals on the earth. What's one? You're at eight. It's the honey hey, badger. Number eight is what's the one? honey badger. Number seven We're is We're going an, through all eight? Just what's one? Funnel web spider. Wow. Ben Bagley went on his mission to Australia. He probably... A hornet? A hornet is ranked higher than a honey badger? Get out of here. Black mamba? Black mamba's on there. That's a scary photo. Get Asian black bear, number four. That's racist. Come on. Bull shark, third. I said mammals, right? I said, Saltwater I said mammals. crocodile? Crocodiles. And what's number one? Hippopotamus. Wow. The meanest animals. Dude, why doesn't some college use hippopotamus as its mascot? Okay, but what's the, what's the mammal? The meanest mammal is the honey badger, right? There you go. Is there another mammal on that list? No, the, the Asian black bear. Okay. <laughs> Dwight Schrute thinks that's awesome. <laughs> Let's play big deal, no deal. Big deal. No deal. <laughs> Brought to you by Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. It's definitely a big deal. Ben Bagley, no mammal talk, I hope. Number one. No mammal talk to start off with. No mammal talk to start off with, but I will say what is a big deal, the funnel web spider. Not to be messed with. Yeah, that thing's scary. Australia. Oh, oh. Yeah, they okay. like live in your shoes. So you oh, know oh, stop Ugh. it. Yeah, check your shoe every time you put it on. Danny saying. Jones, new punter. Check your shoes. <laughs> Number one, big deal, no deal. Phil Still says he's going with Vegas and staying with 5.5 wins as a projected win for total for BYU. No deal. This is kind of where we see BYU fitting. It's somewhere in the five to seven win range. I think five and a half is probably a fair number. You and I think BYU's getting over on that, though. Yes, BYU's going to a bowl game. How many times do I have to say it? BYU will go to a bowl game. Even if they have to make their own. Do I need to put my dyeing my hair blue 
like situation on the line for that as well. If BYU doesn't go to a bowl game, I'll dye my hair blue. Like, should I add that to if they beat Washington or Wisconsin? Yeah, maybe. Good gravy. They're going to a bowl game. Yes, five and a half. I, I get it. I understand. BYU's going to win six games. So this is no deal to me. It's They're going to win six games. Next. So if Spencer's dyeing his hair blue, can we get Jerem to bleach his hair? No, this isn't a one. Oh, that'd be fun, though. That would be amazing. Put it in a cap and, uh, yeah, frost the tips. <laughs> I'm just going for the not, part up. Part I'm up. not that all in. You sh- the... You'll shave your head for something, but you wouldn't frost your tips? No, oh, that was an idiotic move. I only do one <laughs> idiotic move a decade. <laughs> Number two, big deal, no deal. Our team, not BYU, but Croatia, going undefeated in group play of the World Cup. Yes. Big, big deal. We randomly selected them. Or was it random or was it fate? Uh, and they're the best team in the World Cup right now. Yeah, it's a big deal. In fact, I think our team slip is still, yep, it's still right up there in the front. There it is. Croatia. There's proof. I love so it. much that it was 100% random with the law firm of Bagley and Sanders in tow uh, helping us do that. And they've become one of the stories, if not the story of the tournament. They have dominated. They won the group. They crushed Argentina. Let's go. Beat Denmark. Next. Big deal, no deal. Brady Papinga throwing down a dunk off of two feet after multiple surgeries and advanced age. Uh, Yeah. This is a big deal. Check out this video. If you're listening, we'll describe it. Brady Papinga, who is... A little older, had a bunch of surgeries, says that he's used the XPT training rack, and now he, he's dunking. First off, the setup's great. I want to play ball at this uh, at this place. Need yeah, to get a longer net. Where, where does it's Brady not a, live? It's not a shooter's net, but, dude, he's still got it. Look at this, man. Can Kelly still dunk? That's the question. Could Kelly ever dunk? <laughs> I bet you Kelly could dunk. Challenge has been put out, Kelly. I've played basketball with Kelly. He's a good player. Oh, I know he's a good I haven't player, played with but Brady, can, but can played he with dunk? Kelly. Can he yeah. dunk like Brady? Yeah, throwing down a dunk off two feet, that, that's impressive. At his old age, that's unbelievable. <laughs> How old is he? He's probably what? Early, early 40s. 40s. Early 40s. It's good. Yeah. It's really good. After playing in the NFL, going putting his body All through those that. Surgeries. Yeah, surgeries, that's, what I'm that's, saying. that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. XPT, now I'm done. Do we have any others? Should we do more? Do I dare ask if we have any others in Big Deal, No Deal? Oh, there's more. There's much more. Okay. Big deal, no deal. BYU basket coach, basketball coaches moving a piano. <laughs> uh, they did it without a piano, Dolly. That's uh, one thing. I say big deal. They should have used a piano, Dolly. But guess what? They're trying to use all their strength. Uh, Chanel uh, Richner. Richner, thank you. Uh, Brock Richner's wife, who's Dave Rose's daughter, uh, needed some help, so she asked her dad. And guess who shows up? The assistants. Those are good assistants, Okay. Tim Lacombe, Quincy Lewis, and Lee Kamard. Okay, they helped move the piano. Someone needs to get them a dolly, though. That's Dave delegating like a boss. Yeah. Hey, go move this piano. Yeah, I listen, got things to do. Listen, when the boss asks for your help, whether it's work related or not, you're like, yeah, 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 I'm there. Also, Tim, do we have a home game with UNLV next year? <laughs> move the piano. Yeah. yeah. Where's 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 Dave's the question? Is that was Dave out of town or where was Where was Dave? I don't know. That's the big deal. That's great delegation. <laughs> My point exactly. You got to show up. So though. Lee Kamard, how about the strength in? Uh, I bet he was out of town. In uh, yeah, Lee's arms, man. Don't underestimate the strength let, of Lee. Kamard. Listen, he's not going to win the pregame, but he's going to win the game. All right, last one. I hope. Last, La- wow, you hope. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> last one. Big deal. No deal. Your boy Greg Schwain okay. tweets the following in light of okay. the latest news out of Baylor, and I quote. 
Not sure the Big 12 can keep Baylor around after this latest news, but know who I'd replace them with? Hint, wink, no emoji, I, I added that one. Hint, another religious school who has shown repeatedly that they make their student-athletes adhere to their honor code. I wonder if he's talking about BYU, Jerem. No deal. Uh, Baylor with some serious continued off-the-field discussion and rumors as to inappropriate activity. But, uh, yeah, no deal. BYU in the Big 12, no. Well, I'm not playing that game again. No. No. Yeah. That girl didn't want to go out with us. I've I've entertained that idea and that thought so many times that I've just become calloused and numb to it. Past feeling. I cannot go down that road again. Nor are we. We're not. Greg hey. Swaim is all on the BYU to the Big 12 bandwagon. Has been for years. But I just can't. I can't do it. Yeah, the thought's nice. Can't do it emotionally. Just, just in case, though, we've got the update center ready to go. <laughs> it, you know, like <laughs> The Big 12 we, update center. We, it's ready to go. Fun fact, we actually created an update center for every Power 5 conference, just in case. So if like the SEC is <laughs> like, we want BYU, we are ready. We are absolutely ready for all of that. That ain't happening. I want it to be. 2024. Let's please. go. Come on, Larry. 2023, 2024. All right. Callum Stanford, get over it. Let's go. Coming up, a new coaching hire, and the Cougars hit the links and the whip. Yes, and our monumental voice of the day. Can we just change it to that officially? Also, what's the most ferocious, Sorry, meanest mammal? Is it a honey badger or an Asian black bear? Or a hippopotamus? Battlestar Galactica. This is BYU Sports News. Big Deal No Deal is sponsored by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, Phil Steele of ESPN, a full-timer, publisher, editor of Phil Steele's College Football Preview. You can hear that entire interview. Download the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or the TuneIn app. Oh, and by the way, Dennis Pitta, can we, can we do it today? No time. All right. If you missed any part of today's show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up tomorrow, Brandon Davies back from Lithuania. He's a champ, man. He, he was MVP of the uh, championship there. He'll be in studio. And the new men's volleyball assistant coach, Micah Naone. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Volleyball. Men's Volleyball hires the aforementioned Micah Nione as the assistant coach. Nione was a volunteer assistant coach last year. He'll join us tomorrow. The Cougars have another position to fill after losing Jalen Reyes to Nebraska women's team and Lucas Slavic to the USA women's national team. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Player and Daniel Summerhays tee off today at the Quicken Loans National in Potomac, Maryland. Summerhays aims to end a streak of three consecutive missed cuts while Blair looks to place in a third straight PGA event. He tees off at 144. Summerhays tees off at 1244 Eastern Time, which means that was 10 minutes ago. Jaren? Cougars in the minors. Thanks, Spencer. Colton Shaver, two for three with a walk in the Quad Cities River Bandits 6-3 win over the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. And we have chronicled that a Timber Rattler is a real snake and it's endangered in, in Ohio. Shaver scored two times in the contest, broke a four-game 0-for-16 slump. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Goes to the hippo, who we found out actually is a mammal, but it's semi-aquatic. It is the most dangerous, deadliest mammal that exists. You're giving it to a hippopotamus? Yes. No, to all of them. (laughs) 
What has this show become? It's June 28th, man. We're just trying to get to football season. Let's be honest. All spurred by me saying that a badger is one of the most ferocious mammals. And then us To which I was mocked for, and then it's the badger. truth. Honey badger is different than a badger, we've learned. But a badger is on the schedule. I'll tell you what isn't the most dangerous thing. An aggie. Oh, I don't okay. even know what that is. A oh. farmer, right? You don't know what an aggie is? No, no, no. Like, it's a made-up thing for a mascot. <laughs> Why didn't they just say farmers? Instead of Aggies. Because it's, it's... New Mexico State and Utah State on the it sounds schedule. sounds much better, right? Really? It does? An Aggie. Yeah. That's great. Come on, Jerem. <laughs> is it better A made-up word. You want them to be the hippos? Yeah, the, the <laughs> deadliest mammal? Why is no college a hippo? That makes no sense. Oh, my goodness. Let's, we need to do something else right now. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Our question of the day, which BYU football position group do you expect to improve the most this season? At MadCougar86 in on Twitter. The offensive line is obvious because you have a former SEC offensive line coach as coordinator, Jeff Grimes, who understands the importance of the group. Well, you have two coaches, essentially, for that group. They're going to get extra coaching. You lose three starters, though. It's not easy to replace those guys, but I think BYU likes the depth they have. Kyle Nelson on Facebook, BYU Secondary. We were one of the worst pass defenses in the nation. Look at Wisconsin's completion percentage as an example. Yeah, that was bad. 18 of 19. An improved defensive line and recent moves should strengthen this group considerably. Yeah, you hope that Diane Gonwoloku and if Troy Warner's back there as well, improve that group. Hey, don't have your defense on the field for 40-plus minutes a game, and that should probably help There'll out There'll be as this well. dramatic, simple difference by the offense just yeah. being a little bit better. We have dual elite voices of the day. Ooh. Wow. Let's play them, shall we? Give me the eagle scream. Because we're so animal-centric today. At Johnny Linehan, at Jay Linehan 9, if anyone says punting, I'll fight you. <laughs> That'll be the because most Because BYU's replacing a Kiwi with an Australian, so there's a little rivalry. And on the mascot front from Cosmo de Cougar, a midshipman is pretty deadly. Ooh. They've got a big old ship. Toot yeah. toot. Yeah. I'll never make fun of Army Hashtag Navy. Hashtag see you in December Navy. Oh, a reference to oh, a potential a bowl, bowl game maybe. Show. I see you. Okay, well played. The Mormon Polynesian head coach bowl game. That'd be awesome. Conversation well continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Micah Matsuzaki. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. Nice pull from 93. Honey Badger!